What's up, everybody? This is episode 53 of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. We've got a guest tonight, a returning guest, who has been one of our more popular ones on the show that we've had so far. But before we get into that, let's talk about our partners here at the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. The first one we got is Grandpa Ray Outdoors. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for whitetail deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seed and plant foods. They were started in 2015, but John's been in the seed and nutrition business since 91. If you go back and listen to episode 41 of the podcast, we had him on, and he talked a lot about his background in the seed industry, how he got started with Grandpa Ray Outdoors, and then uh, he had a lot of information about different food plot blends as well. So they've got a bunch of food plot blends there, 14 to be exact. So no matter what you're looking for, you're not going to have any trouble finding it. They've got fallen spring blends, grains, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, whatever you're looking for, they've pretty much got it. They're not just about selling their products, though. They'll answer any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can get the best results possible. Like us, John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach. They're going to treat you and your situation individually. They're not about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. We've used their seeds on a lot of client properties almost all of our client properties and almost all of our properties where we've put in food plots and we've been pleased with all the results. Even in some of the places where we had some drought this year, if it got just a little bit of rain that it needed at the right times, man, we've got a pretty good stand. So we've been really happy with the results that we've got from Grandpa Ray Outdoor Seed. If you want to support us and use their seed, Go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com or any of their other products, and you can use discount code RHOPODCAST and get 5% off your entire order. So no matter what you order from the store at GrandpaRayOutdoors.com, use that discount code, get yourself 5% off, get some good food plot seed, liquid fertilizer, or soil test kit, whatever you're looking for, and then that will help support this podcast as well. Our other partner, as you guys might know, if you're not new here, if you are new here, it's Rack's Big Game Supplements. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska. They're deer hunters just like us who were looking to get more out of the mineral and feed market than existed at the time. So through years of research, they developed their Rack's products and came up with one of the best mixes available to help improve your herd's overall health while not feeding non-target species. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. Rod's using some of this stuff over on his property in Missouri, and he's had some several good pictures of does, bucks, you name it, in there, um, pretty much anything except for raccoons and squirrels on his uh, protein block and mineral site. So really just been deer that's been hitting it, and he's had some good deer in it. So we've been really happy with getting those pictures from him and all the feedback. Um they seem to really like the the Racks Big Game supplements. So if you guys want to try them out, if you're somewhere where you can, you can use discount code RHO22. That's all caps, RHO22, at checkout and get 5% off your entire order at RacksMineral.com, R-A-K-S-Mineral.com. Or you can stop by the shop and see what we have in stock or make an order for what we don't. And that same thing goes for Grandpa Ray Outdoors. Uh, any of their seed or anything we have in the shop, stop by, pick it up. If we don't have what you want or enough of what you want, then you can make an order and save yourself some shipping on that as well. So that's our partners for the podcast. Other ways you guys can support is to go directly through us and get yourself some whitetail hunting products. You can go to ridgehunteroutdoors.com and you can check out our whole line of scents that we have, the buck tarsal spray, the doe tarsal spray, the calming scent. We also have a clover and chicory food plot blend that we planted on the fry property. If you guys have been keeping up on YouTube, you've seen that. And we also have apparel and accessories too. So got some t-shirts, some hoodies, some hats, 
jacuzzis, all kinds of cool stuff on there. If you guys want any of that, then you can use discount code RHOPOD, that's all caps, and get 10% off of anything on the entire website. So if you do decide to support that way, make sure and use that podcast code and help yourself out a little bit too. Other ways, without spending any money, you guys can go to Spotify. If you're not listening to that there, follow us on Spotify. If you are listening to us on Spotify, go ahead and hit the follow button. That way you know when all our new stuff comes out. We've got a lot of content coming out now, uh, two episodes a week. And then also we're putting up content on YouTube. So you can go to our YouTube channel, it's Ridge Hunter Outdoors, and subscribe, like, comment on any of our stuff. We're going to have more and more content coming out there all the time. We've got the season vlogs going on. I'm doing one. Nate's going to do one. Uh, He started the other day, I believe. I'm getting waiting on it to get it edited and get it posted. So got a lot of content coming out on YouTube. The Full Draw Fridays are on there now as well. So make sure you subscribe so you can catch all that. And then we're pretty excited to announce that if you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there, you're going to be entered to win a Wild Game Innovations Spark Trail Camera combination. Once we hit 25 reviews on Apple Podcasts, whether you're five stars or one star, you're going to be entered, and then we'll give away that Wild Game Innovations trail camera. And that's the whole package, so it comes with the batteries and the SD card as well. You get that thing, all you got to do is put it up on a tree or a fence post, wherever you want it, and you'll be ready to go. So all you got to do is go and leave a review. You'll be entered when we hit number 25, then we will give that away. We'll announce it on the podcast, probably our Facebook page. We look forward to doing that. Pretty excited about that. So that's another way you guys can support and give yourself a chance to win a cool prize. So now on to the episode. Tonight we got on Dusty Wood. He's back. He was on episode number 30, so you can go back and listen to that one if you haven't listened to it yet. And that'll give you some background on Dusty, his kind of start he got in deer hunting, and then we got into some other conversation there as well. That was a really good episode. It was also on YouTube. That was the first video episode that we did before we stopped doing that again. Hopefully start doing that at some point, but it is there for episode number 30. This week we talked about some deer management strategies, uh, rut hunting setups, aging deer, moon phase, and a whole lot more. So it was a really good conversation. Uh, all five of us were in here, actually. Uh, Dad wasn't on the mic, but he was in listening and adding every now and then. So Nate and Jeff were in on it as well. We had a really good talk with Dusty about all those things and, and several more topics that we got into. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Maybe you'll learn something. Dusty's been killing big deer for a long time, so he knows his stuff. So Pay attention to what he's saying. Maybe you'll pick up something to help you kill a big deer. But without further ado, let's just get right into it. This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. has been at night i know like we were talking about you had a couple scrapes or a scrape set up where you're seeing several bucks using it but all still generally at night too yeah yeah pretty much far as the scrapes like october 29th to last night even you know the most of them's been at night before they've been hitting them really hard here lately Mm -hmm. Uh, like i said that one scrape i got 16 different bucks on it yeah which is crazy yeah but, I mean, that's that time of year. It is. Which is unfortunate thing is if it was like 45 degrees in the daytime, yeah. that movement would be more in the daylight, yeah. but just ain't seen it right yeah. now. I've I've seen a few mature deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other evening I was hunting, pretty sure the doe was starting to come in. Mm-hmm. And, of course, 
deer. He was probably probably maybe in a six year old, but it's just a six pointer, just a big old body deer. And uh she just acted like she was gonna come in. She's come she's coming in, she's kinda giddy acting, you know, and you mm-hmm. get up there and she'd do a circle. I mean, she's about hundred and twenty pound doe, so I mean I think right. she's probably getting ready to come in. So Yep. Yep. So you have seen a few bucks though, I know like messaging oh, yeah. and stuff. Where are you seeing them most of the time right now? I mean uh, food still, water combination. Yeah. Post bedding. Well, most of most of it's in between food and water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't set up a whole lot right over the water. Right. But it seems like most of most of our we dug like three ponds in this one area here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a little over two hundred acres. And uh all all the sign and everything and all the bigger deer have usually been either coming or going to that water. Yeah. Uh, the deer my daughter shot this year, it was going to the pond. Mm-hmm. She just killed it before it got there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, she got it. It seems like she's killing nice deer every year. She got another one she's, this year. And she Back really, in Youth Weekend, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and it was one of those deals is actually her and her mom went. Really? Yeah. No first kidding. time they hunted together. and That's cool. So it was pretty neat. It came out, and, and she actually... Some of the stuff that I taught her while I was there, <laughs> the deer didn't give her a very good angle, and mm-hmm. she's like, oh, when she's telling me when she shot it, she's like, I went right up the other opposite leg and everything, you know, and so mm-hmm. she'd been paying attention, aiming so. for that back shoulder, offside right. shoulder. Huh? She she hammered him, yeah, you know, he went maybe thirty yards or something like that, like one forty six, yeah, winter, so yeah, looked like a good deer. I mean, that is a really good eight. Yeah, he's a nice deer. Uh, now your boy's being a little picky. I tell you what, <laughs> I bet we put fifteen bucks in front of that boy. And no he didn't kidding. Shoot nothing. Yep. There's nothing he likes yet, huh? No, nothing yet. He's still out after him. Uh, no, not too much. He just uh, he's more of a baseball player. Yeah, sports. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he traps with my uncle, but as far as deer, really, he hadn't hunted in like six years for deer. Really? Yeah. The first time he ever went hunting, he had a bad experience. Hit the blind, and what the deal was is I'd been watching these bucks come out in this cornfield and this is second day of October. I think it was, mm-hmm. I hauled back three decoys back there just to get a bachelor group where we sit. Right. At. Right. And anyways, uh, so about dark, they came out and here they all came. They all came over and his first deer would probably have been like a 160-something. <laughs> yeah. He hit the blind, and it oh, man. shot over That'd it. make you sick. And Which I'm sure he took that. Do what? Are you on air? Yeah. Yeah, we're going. You all right? Come and sit down. Well, you got, uh, got one more coming, so. deer coming, so. No, you. But anyways, his second deer, he shot high, mm-hmm. and. He didn't hunt after Just that. Kind of, yeah. Well, I, that, I could see that happening, especially at a younger age. Yeah. I mean, he was, you know, I think his first year he was eight years old. Yeah. The other one was, I don't know if it was the same year or not, <clears throat> but it was pretty close anyways. Mm-hmm. And he just, he can't sit still. I'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, George took him uh, for two days of the youth season and course you know they were hunting out of shooting houses and stuff well i took him on a watering hole and we sat on the ground 
And oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> mistake. I was probably the same way when I was. <laughs> well, yeah, but yeah, but uh, yeah, he was moving. Had some does like fifteen yards away, and I can't believe they even got close as what they did. Right. You know, and I was like, "There's some does over there." <laughs> he just looks at him and looks back down. He don't care. You know? <laughs> yeah, just doing his thing, huh? Yeah. But yeah. the fourth buck came out to the pond. It was a fair buck, and I was trying to get him to shoot it. No, I don't want to shoot it. It's your hunt. I mean, you might eat a tag. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. But it's your hunt. Yeah, well, at least he's, I guess he's out again, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah. I like to see. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, he's going to shotgun hunt with me, too, so. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll have a little better weather for that. It's supposed yeah. to get maybe a cold front in the end of next week. Yeah. I, I think maybe, as far as the long term, I think in, like in the 50s or something like that for shotgun season. Yeah about right yeah that'd be all right uh so we haven't had a brutally cold shotgun weekend in a while no no, i can't remember last year it was decent weather last year wasn't it opening day was cold was it cold last year kaylee liked to froze she was pregnant but she liked to froze i was Uh, thinking it's still 30s though wasn't it it was in the teens i think was it? Yeah. Okay, well then. Yeah, because you guys made fun of me for having the heater on back there in the back while we was skinning. <laughs> I, now I, I come up front, and two hours later, you had the heater cranked up to 95 degrees. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, I don't remember it quite like that. I do. I do remember making fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say it's about 15 that morning, if I yeah. can remember. Yeah. I can't remember how hot it got, but it was chilly. But then by Sunday, it was warm. Yeah. 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 So it didn't yeah, stay that way all weekend. No. Maybe that's what I was remembering, but... um. Yeah, hopefully it'll be a little better than it is right now because I just, like, I've been, the last four sits, I think I've seen one or two deer maybe, like just total deer. Yeah. But it's it's been tough. Uh, the last couple sets, I've I seen a deer, like I said, was probably maybe a, probably was a six-year-old, then the next deer probably was a four, mm-hmm. and then I had a, a pretty nice three-year-old and some other little smaller bucks and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but nothing... No big shooters or anything. Right. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen it. I haven't had a daylight picture of what I call big shooter anyways. Yeah. I, all my pictures have been at night, too. Um, Nate, you were telling me a guy you know saw one breed a doe here. Was Halloween. that the 31st? Yeah. Yep, Halloween. Halloween. Um, it's about a 140-inch 10-pointer. Uh, he's been getting these pictures. Uh, he went in there the first night trying to kill him. And he said, uh, he sent me a Snapchat video, and he's chasing a doe around this cornfield, you know. Um, and then he sends back, oh, my gosh, he just bred her the ruts on. I thought he's going to lose his mind. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, he was pretty excited. And then I think he got pretty close to him, but he never did get a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, He. Uh, that's the earliest that I know of it happening. Um, I saw two years ago, I saw a good buck, had a doe pinned down and a little bitty a uh, clump of weeds on Halloween night. I didn't actually see him breed her, but she was, you know, she was right there. Um, he had her up by the road. You know I mean? They don't do that stuff unless they're, mm-hmm. no. unless they're in. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Halloween's the earliest that I know of. Yeah. I, I've not seen him any earlier than that. But uh, What's the earliest you've ever seen one uh, or heard of one maybe even? It's going to be in that last week. Yeah. You know, and most most of the time it's going to be your older older does. Yeah. You know, they're kind of what kicks everything off, you know. Yeah. And it seems like it's usually the older bucks that find them first. Not yeah, always, well, but. Yeah, I think I, I'm one that 
I don't think really the older bucks have to look too much. I think the yeah. does actually go to yeah. them. Yeah. You know? And it's just kind of. Well, once they get to that age, the does and the bucks both, like, they've been there before. Yeah. They know the know, deal. Well, it, it's just, I guess, survival. They're they're seeking out the biggest and best, mm-hmm. you know, kind of mm-hmm. like women are. <laughs> 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 Which is a wonder that's, that's what three wanting, of us, yeah. four of us in here are married. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's very rare you see a big, big deer really chase much. And right. if you do see them chase a lot of times, the biggest deer I've ever and this is, I've seen it three, four, or five times, is usually January, late December is when I'll, if I see a big, big deer chasing, and I think Jeff's talked about it on the last episode, it's usually mm-hmm. a yearling that it came in. Yep. yep. You know. In that second rut, if you want to call it that, you know. Yeah, and I, I think it's, you know, some of them just happen to come in early, mm-hmm. you know. I don't think they got, you know, they weren't, like misbred or whatever, you know, I just think that's just the time. Yeah. They were probably a young, early fawn, I yeah. my guess. Right. You know, and they just come in at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you were talking about that last time, that buck you saw on the, the yearling. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of yearlings maybe. Yeah, but, it's two young does. Yeah. Two young year, <clears throat> yearlings, yep. Yeah. It seems like you said those those early ones, early fawns, Seem like they'll come in later, which, you know, I guess makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Well, it has to do with the age of the doe. You're right. Yeah. They're right. only going to come in at a certain age. Mm-hmm. Right. Just because older mature deer are coming in, in November, if these you got yearlings that are only four or five months old, they ain't going to come in. Right. To you know, you get that early one, it's a six month old. Right. And, <laughs> and that's when it can happen. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I know you got a few pretty interesting deer, and not just necessarily big deer, but some, kind of some goofy bucks. Yeah, I've got a mix of all kinds of stuff this year. Uh-huh. I mean, anything from five on one side to a spike on the other to what I thought was a big spike, and I had him come up to me the other day, and he's a four-pointer, actually. Yeah. Like 16, 17-inch spikes with two brow tines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? I mean, and... We've got a couple big deer, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. that I'd like to see, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know yeah. There's there's a big variety. Uh, we're covered up with pretty good eight pointers this year. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we got a big seven. That's I don't know. He's gonna push one fifty probably. Yeah, it's just a seven pointer. Yeah, and then yeah. we got another eight that's gonna be in the high fifties. Mm-hmm. You know? I think we probably talked about it last time you were on, but. Uh, you guys do a lot of practice a lot of management stuff as far as not only the habitat part but the deer management part where you're not shooting immature bucks being pretty patient um setting it up so you get those bucks coming to you when you can decide to shoot them or pass them right you know um i guess you can talk a little bit about your kind of thoughts on that what age class are you trying to get bucks to because i know there's some guys and my I mean, I guess my thought on it is if you're shooting a buck that's a year older than what everybody else is shooting, because not everywhere is going to have the ability to grow five-and-a-half-year-old bucks, but maybe that's a three-and-a-half-year-old, right. then, you know, that's probably the age class you should be shooting. But We've, we've got the age structure up to six-plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
we really don't want to shoot four-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we can keep from it, like that big seven, honestly, he's just a four-year-old deer. Yeah. Uh, I figure if someone else killed him or if one of the kids killed him or something like that, it'd be great, you know. Right. But I don't know if he's going to ever be much bigger, you know. I mean, he's he's a toad right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. But we try to go five and a half, really. Yep, that's yeah. where you start kind of targeting them if they're yeah. what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm, every deer is kind of different, and you'll see some of them, they'll make a huge jump from three and a half to four and a half, four to five, five to six even. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard guys talk about deer they've had on their property for six years, and from six to seven they made a big jump. What do you guys generally see? Like, is is it pretty consistent with what you've got going on, or does it does well, it seem to vary deer to deer? A lot of times, a deer will have most of his frame at at four. Yeah, and then if he does much, you know, he'll put his mass on and stuff like that. Usually, that's basically when you're not shooting your four year olds and you shoot your fives and sixes, you're going to get your little bit more mass. And and it's genetics, too. I mean, yeah. I've shot six-year-old deer that had three-and-a-half-inch bases, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to get pictures of the deer, and then you got to just basically say, hey, this deer, he's going to be a heavy horned deer that's, right. you know, if he's 150 at three, yeah, he's probably going to boom mm-hmm. more, more than likely, right? you know. Yep. I mean, as long as he's got the frame. Uh, the only problem that we have by going in and trying just to shoot five and a half year old deer is our eight pointers. You know, once they reach that four and a half, five and a half, they're just getting harder and harder to kill. Right, right. And then if you don't kill them, that's what you're going to have. They're yeah. going to push all your good tens and mm-hmm. whatever you got out. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, they I become still, those big old bullies. They, they do. You know, yeah. I mean, I've got probably three or four of them that are 220, 240 plus pound deer, yeah. you know, that are five, six, seven year old bucks. Mm-hmm. And that's just on one farm right there. Yep. That reminds me of oh, probably eight or nine years ago. I was hunting there behind the house and I had pictures of this. He's a four corn. That's all he was. Big, long main beams. You know, he probably had 24-inch main beams, but he only had, I guess you'd call them G2s because he didn't have brow times. Mm-hmm. But this deer, he was a six and a half at least, and I bet you he'd push 250. Yeah. You know, and he was the hoss around that area. And I mer- I'll never forget, I remember sitting up and I was watching him out there in the cornfield. I seen him coming to me. So that was my target buck. I didn't mm-hmm. care. I wanted that deer. And I've seen a 10-pointer. It's probably a 150, 160-inch 10-pointer. Fight off some smaller bucks mm-hmm. after this doe and old big fork come walking in. And he whipped that 10-pointer all over oh, yeah. that field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ran that 10-pointer off. He left the territory and went to a neighboring woods and ended up getting killed by somebody else. But yeah. still, you yeah, know. That it, happens. Yeah, you gotta main you gotta maintain that and try to manage that, or otherwise that's what you're gonna be stuck yep. with all the time because that's yeah. the genetics that are gonna be pushed around. Oh yeah, yeah, you know to try to take in you know one or two kids a year at least, you know. Yeah, and, you know, in that ten pointer, he's you know he's probably I'm guessing he's probably a four and a half year old buck. Mm-hmm. I was just 
amazed at what was happening in front of me and wishing I'd had a video camera so I could document it, you yeah. know. But yeah, you usually I'll I'll try to shoot a, a, what I call a big management deer, you know. But this year, I guess I've kind of slack because I've let a couple walk by, but mm-hmm. there's a couple deer that I'd like to, you know, saving that tag for. Kind of really, I am right now. Yeah, you know, uh, I still. I'm counting on dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which dad and Gib and, you know, dad's buddy, they hunt, you know, and they're, they, you know, you tell them, you show them a picture of a deer and, you know, that you want shot. If it comes by, they'll shoot it. They don't care. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, and dad killed that big bully buck here two years ago. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, just huge bases on him. Yep. And that Old thing, deer. like you was talking about, he would run everything off, you know. Yep, and after he killed him, there was two bucks on eleven pointer. Ended up coming in there, and another big ten that this came in there, and they stayed. Yep, they weren't getting run off anymore. Oh yeah, they, you know that's what was going on. He yep. was going to every food plot, mm-hmm. and he was clearing them. Yeah, you know, I mean, I had a deer come underneath my stand and stayed in the brush around the whole food plot, and then left. Yeah, just because he didn't want to go out there with him. Yep, yep. yep. You know, I hear you hear guys talk a lot too about when deer hit that, you know, five and a half, six and a half, even at four and a half, like you see deer all the time, three and a half year olds. Like Mm -hmm. if you've got one on your farm, I mean, they're, at least in my experience, a lot of times they're pretty active in the daylight. A lot of times. They are. Yeah. Once they hit that four and a half, five and a half, they kind of just get, they move less during the daytime. I think they don't move as far, so you don't see them as much, but to you, have you seen an age like whether it be six and a half or seven and a half, where they start to maybe just get comfortable because they've been around so long? You yeah. start to see them more again. Yeah, uh, a couple of the biggest body deer I ever killed were both like eight, nine year old deer, mm-hmm. and I don't think they left forty acre patch. Yeah, and uh, both of them were in daylight quite a bit. Yeah, no. like they just—I don't know if it's eventually they think they've been around for that long, so. They haven't been got by now. They just, I, I don't know. Or I, I don't really know either. I mean, both of them I hunted. And I mean, they were using the wind. I was just trying to give them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, cameras got both of them deer killed. Yeah. Uh, they were just showing up on the camera. And, well, the evening before, I got a picture of one of them at 1 o'clock. And I go set up on him. That next evening, I hunted. I didn't see him at one o'clock. I killed him about fifteen minutes before dark. But yeah. he came through. He was still there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it seems like their their area really shrinks down because, like I said, they just they they're comfortable there and everything. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think in that respect, they're a little bit like us. When we get older, yeah, yeah. you don't want to go very far from and, the house. And you know? <laughs> talking about like getting older, I mean, they don't seem like they really breed as much. You know, they may breed one or two, three does a year or something mm-hmm. like that. You know. Yeah. So how many cameras? Uh, you guys running roughly? Uh, I run thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah, that's just me, and I don't know what George is running right now. Probably twenty some. Mm-hmm. What's? Do you shift your setups like throughout the season, or you pretty much put them somewhere in October and leave them, or? No. So you're like right now you're running them on scrapes, I guess. Yeah. Quite a bit. I'll I'll hit food early, mm-hmm. and then try to pattern a deer early mm-hmm. on food, and then usually. Eighth, ninth, tenth, I'll start moving them around. Yeah. Uh, but 
I'll, I'll have my mock scrapes and stuff, and I start sticking them on them usually. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple areas that I put some cameras in. I don't hunt right in there, but it's their bedding area. Right. And uh, I'll put a camera in there to see if there's a buck coming in, checking does and stuff, or a new deer or something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But most of them's going to be fairly close to where I'm hunting. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you have some that you just don't go in and get until after the season's yes. over, just as observation cameras? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Are you running them mostly in bedding areas? Most of the time they're in deep. Yeah. Uh, I run, well, right now I'm running like a little over 30 cell cams. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's a big game changer. Oh, yeah, for sure. It is. I just started running a few this year, and the amount of, I think, um, I don't call it wasted time in the stand, but time in the stand not seeing deer that it saved me is a bunch, in my opinion, because if you Oh, maybe you get lucky and you're there the first time they show up in daylight, but if they're not there in daylight, there's not a lot of reason to be there hunting them. I can go spend that time somewhere right, else. Right. You know. You know, and there's there's a lot of days that I'm not hunting right now just because I'm watching the cameras and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh you know, before yeah, I'd be out there maybe too a little too early. But yeah. now yeah. once I get him on camera I'm going to go try to Then you can go me. in, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot the camera doesn't see, you know, and there comes a time when yeah, well, it's yeah. time to go in there anyway, but like you're talking about there, if you can wait till you get him on the camera and you know he's in there yeah. for sure, you're going to save yourself a lot of uh, <coughs> t- wasted time in there where you could just be bumping him. Right. You know, you're leaving scent every time you go in there, right. make a noise. There's an impact every time you go in, whether it be small, you manage it or not, yeah. and every time it just compounds. So Most most of the big deer I've ever killed has usually been on the first or second hunt. Yeah. And that stand. Yeah. I mean, there's stands that we set up that been there for three years I still haven't been in. Right. It's not that they're not in a good spot. It's just never been in a spot where I wanted to go at that time or mm-hmm. that deer wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I was hunting him over here or something, right. you know. Right. But, yeah, it's, I mean, that's we usually have several different stand locations. I mean, there's some places we've got stands 40 yards apart. Just to be able to hunt it with an east wind and a yeah, you know, or right. and a west wind, you know, right. just to split the difference. Yep, just be smart about it. Yeah. So I assume there's probably stands that, like you said, there's some you haven't hunted in years. So oh, yeah. I'm sure there's some every year that just don't get hunted. Yeah, um, there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's two or three that I when I went and put straps on this year and you know trimmed back up and everything like that. Uh, one last year I should have hunted a couple times because there was a decent deer coming out. Mm-hmm. Of course, the wind was just never right the days that I wanted to hunt it, and yep. it just didn't work out. Yep. You know? But that's some of the patience you got to have oh, yeah. to kill those bigger deer. You do. Because if you go in there on that wrong day or that borderline day, mm-hmm. and he catches you, you may not see him again. Yeah. You know? You know, one of the hardest parts, letting those 140s, 150s walk. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, I let a 160 10-pointer walk a couple right. times. Right. That's not very easy to <laughs> no, do, you know. No. And he's a four year old deer, you mm-hmm. know. Uh the deer I killed last year was a seven and a half year old deer. I've got his sheds when he was five and the deer was one ninety four. Yeah. You know. Uh he had a little more junk on him and stuff like that. But that deer, my daughter actually well, I could have took the crossbow from her and killed him and put that away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just I decoyed him in, mm-hmm. and uh, when he was five, and 
I mean, we was hunting a spot where he had to, had to have got on the railroad and crossed it. But I thought, well, I put the decoy out there a little ways. That way he'll come down when that dude went all the way to the railroad fence and came right down it. And the wind was blowing that away. Mm-hmm. And he caught her wind about 15 yards away. Yeah. Bounced out there. I could shoot him. But where she was sitting, she couldn't shoot. Right, didn't have a shot at him. No, no shot yeah. at all. Yeah, you can grab that door. Dad's stepping out to go check another deer in. It's that time of year. And it, it's only 8 o'clock, so it ain't bad. Um, As far as, like, the decoying and stuff, I know you have quite a bit of success with that, too. Yeah. Are you still running those now? Like, what time of year, kind of time frame are you running using decoys? Uh. Usually from like the twentieth on up until the eleventh, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, but you take them pretty regular, or just in the certain sets, or no? Honestly, I'll usually only take them on a set where I know a deer is coming out. I mean, maybe even a quarter of a mile from me. Yeah. And what I found, if I can do that there and back way off the does. And get that buck out there and get him mad. Mm-hmm. I ain't got to worry about that doe getting all blowing yeah, right. or anything else where you want to shoot her. Uh-huh. And basically just, you know, may do a little rattling, snort wheeze, something like that. If he's going to come, he's going to come across. Yeah, right. You know, Kelby, I, actually it's on YouTube. She killed one that uh, we called in and we ended up having three shooters mm-hmm. come in. And uh, she actually shot the second biggest one. The other one was a younger deer. Yeah. We had a bigger rack, but anyways, they came about a quarter of a mile all the way across there. No kidding. The decoy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got to have something on your back, too. A pond, railroad, like we right. use there, or else they will get down. I mean, them big deer, I mean, I've mm-hmm. seen them circle 200 yards out. Yeah. You know. Yeah, they know the deal. Oh, yeah. Especially around where we're at, as much hunting pressure as they get, especially yeah. in gun weekend. Yeah. They've, by that time, they've figured out a lot of the tricks. Oh, so, yeah. Like yeah. you what's, said, you got to have something where they can't get downwind of you. What's your favorite decoy to use? Because I've always wanted a decoy, but I don't want to carry in a climber, carry in my crossbow, and then have a 50-pound decoy on my back also. Yeah, it's it's a heavy decoy, but it's, it's, a, it's a Dave Smith Dave Smith is what it is, yeah. I was wanting to say Dan Smith. But it's one of them decoys that you set out there and you look to your left and you're like, <gasps> son of a... You think he's, <laughs> you think he's real? <laughs> right. <laughs> but like a 150-inch frame? or No. Because you know, no. the Glendale Bucks are 150-inch frame, and I had one in my backyard there for a while that I was just target shooting. Mm-hmm. And then about this time of year... I'd wake up mornings, go outside, and he was beheaded. Yeah, I mean, right. just literally obliterated. Right, you know. So he's he's probably a hundred and fifteen, hundred twenty inch deer. Yeah, uh, he looks like he's maybe like a I don't know. He's probably only like a hundred and thirty pound frame, but he's kind of bristled up looking. Mm-hmm. But the color on him and the the taxidermy looking eyes and everything on him, he's just it's the best decoy there is. Yeah, I've got more mature deer. To come right on in. Now, I've used some other decoys where they stand out and look, you know, but him, they'll lock in. Like the one Kelby killed, um, he locked in out there at 70 yards, and I knew. Yeah, he's coming. He was a dead deer, you know, and she shot him like maybe eight yards, Mm -hmm. something like that. 
And I mean, he was a four and a half year old, eight pointers, what he was. But yeah, it seem it seems like that decoy there. Uh, I've had a lot more does not spook from it, and like I said, the bigger deer just seem like they just they'll disconnect with him. And but they gotta be. It's just like anything else. See, they they gotta be. They're gonna come or they're not. Right. You know, it's kind of like calling coyotes. They're they're, they're gonna come or they're yep. not. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm assuming with your decoys, you try to set up because a buck's gonna come downwind, but he's also gonna come head on at this yes. decoy. You got it. So you want to get your decoy. I'm assuming, since I, from what I've read and watched, and I'm sure a lot of other people have, you want to have your decoy kind of quartering to you, so that way when the buck comes in, he's either broadside or a quarter and away from you. Yeah, basically what I'll do is I'll set that decoy off like 20 yards to the opposite side. Mm-hmm. And then when he comes in, he's just – and then usually – sometimes I'll get him too close and I'll get him in my lap, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, 30 yards or so because they'll usually come in 10 yards down. And once he gets in front of him, you know, it's either he's going to hit it it's do or die, or or he's he's gonna he's gonna spook maybe you yeah. know, uh, but that was one morning I was using that decoy and, and I had a six pointer come up through there. He plowed him. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, dang! It's like ten minutes after a lot. <laughs> yeah. You know, I get down, put him up, and it's like eight o'clock or something. Then I look on the other side of the fence row, and here he comes back. He's coming down through there, and he's like. Poof. Bird dogs him, you know. Yeah. His ears laid back, comes back across the fence row, knocks him down again. And I bet that night he got his butt kicked all over the place. Because you know, <laughs> he, he thought he's big oh, dog. He, yeah, he just beat the crap out of this yeah. butt twice, you know. Yeah. You know, and I was yeah. like, gosh. So I'll go set it up again. But mm-hmm. I didn't see him after that one there. <laughs> oh, but I, I had one hit one morning before light. And I'm sitting there, and you know how it is when you're in a stand, you're – and that looks like a deer right there, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a cedar tree or something. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, I'm in there half hour, 45 minutes for light, you know, and I cross my arms, close my eyes and all of a sudden, boom, <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? And I see part of my decoy going across the grass field, you know, I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> you know, that was a deer. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've had them hit it. A few times, mm-hmm. you know. Usually it's your three-year-olds and your two-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had any trouble stopping them when they're coming in, ones you wanted to shoot, getting them to stop before? Because they're locked up on that thing, I assume, when they're coming in, and they're pretty focused, front sight focused yeah. on that thing. When he comes around, he can see the eyes, mm-hmm. he'll stop. Yeah. Sometime or another, he's going to stop. Now, whether that shot's the way you want it, because a lot of times they're staggering right. coming in. Yeah, they're posing. Yeah, you know, and and they're kind of doing that sidestep. Mm-hmm. But like I said, the best thing I I do is set that decoy off twenty yards from me. When he comes in, and starts staggering. Well, he's going to be broadside most yep. more than likely. Yep. And you usually that's they always usually want to get that mice. Now I I have had some deer that just came up and hit him right in the butt. You know, <laughs> right. never even didn't get just sucker punched him up, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yep, didn't give him a chance. Do you use sand on your decoy? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you know, last couple years I have used the buck tarsal, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'll usually try to use some kind of a calming scent. You know, right? Yeah. Uh, You mentioned it last last week, the deer dander. Mm -hmm. I that's what I used to always use, deer dander. Man, that was good stuff. It was, and I I tried to find some here, but I can't find it. 
I, I'm not seeing it in years. You know, I had some last year, but I, I can't find it this year. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got the the VK and stuff like that, but I can't find a deer dander. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I've always used it and had really good luck with it. Yeah. Yeah, and just something <laughs> to get, well, I guess, make them smell a little bit more like a deer, less like a any of your scent that might be it on there is, cover it you know, up. So. Like, you know, when I, when I go and hunt a big deer, I'm giving that deer some wind. Yeah. Just for the fact that that's how I started killing them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's giving them the wind. And so let's say I've got 40 acres of timber and I've got 20 of a hinge cut. I know that deer's cruising that side of the hinge cut. Right. So I've got, say I'm giving him that, that south wind. He's coming from the north. I'll set off hoping I don't get no swirl. Right. You know, and hoping that he comes right down the edge of that hinge cut or a logging road or a scrape mm-hmm. line or something like that. And if you can keep the does from coming around yeah. you and blowing and stuff like that, you can kill him. Yeah. I mean. Because he feels good about coming in there. Yeah, he's going to come point. in. He's going to move. Yeah. You know, you know, that's like when you hunt the wind over here and you see him over here, well... There's a reason for that. He's yep. using his nose. Uh, and about every big deer that I've killed, especially bow hunting, the gun season's a little different. I've always usually, they've usually always had some some wind, you mm-hmm. know, uh, whether it be a little bit of a crosswind to them or something. But yep. as far as deer that are five, six, seven-year-old deer, you know, they're usually always somehow or another going to have that wind. Yep. You like a little bit of wind when you're up in the tree? I mean, uh, Nate, we're talking about that a little bit tonight. Yeah. Some of the calm days I don't really like, just for the fact that you'll be sitting there and you'll see a leaf go east, and then you'll see one swirl. It'll turn around, come back, come at back, you. and you're like, yeah. "Great, you know." Yeah. And I mean, sometimes it works out. Morning time, it don't bother me as much. Evening times when I yeah. don't like it. Yeah. If I got a swirl and wind in the evening, a lot of times I won't go set to where I'm going to hunt a big deer. I'll mm-hmm. go to like what Jeff did, like an observation stand, yeah, and just see what's going on. Yeah. We were talking about that because Nate went out for the first time tonight. She yeah. said it was pretty windy. Oh, man. Yeah. I I enjoy sitting in the woods on a calm day because mm-hmm. you can just hear everything. Oh, it's, I do too. You know, but it's – as far as deer movement goes and, and hunting-wise, I'd rather have just like that close to 10-mile-an-hour steady. I think the deer are a little more – they're not quite as on edge because when they can hear everything, it's like every little noise, they're freaking out, yeah. like as if they're not already on edge enough. Uh, and you can get away with a little bit more movement, mask your sound coming in. Right. I just, that seems to be a sweet spot, I think, somewhere like around that 10 mile an hour. But. Yeah, I, I like a, a consistent win. Uh, uh, that's the biggest thing, I think, is consistency it is, in it. It is. Because you can't, like what you're talking about, you can't give them a win if it isn't consistent. No. Because you're just no, going to blow them out of there. You know, most most of the time, you know, you give the mornings, in my opinion, are, are better to do that on mm-hmm. a big deer because your thermals yeah. are still rising. Yeah. Know? And you can get away with more. Mm-hmm. And so. we don't have a ton of, there are some places that have some terrain around here where you're going to get like stronger thermals of the evening and stuff. But most of the time, our strongest thermals, like what you're talking about, are going to be the morning when that sun's bringing them up, heating yeah. everything up. And, you know, obviously that's just going to, that effect's going to be more if you do have some kind of terrain, a ridge or yeah. a, a river potentially where it's pulling it to that water right. or the other way. But 
like you said, a lot of times it's a little stronger in the morning. Seems like you it can is. get away with more. It, it does. It's, I've always seen like I've always got away with a lot more during the mornings. You know. And I think probably in the evening too, the wind's been blowing all day and it hasn't quite died all the way down yet. You know, it's still calm and like usually it'll lay there in the last thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. But if it gets down to almost nothing and yeah. it's swirling on you, it seems like it does that more in the evening. Yeah. And that's just not a good good situation uh, it seems seems like too a lot of times in the mornings your your best chance of your your first deer up through there is going to be that bigger deer mm-hmm. the deer i killed last year you know he was he was actually the third deer but they were at three bucks together actually and uh you know they were ahead of the does i mean they were just a little after light coming up through there to go to a hinge cut to bed mm-hmm. and that helps yeah you know because basically when they're coming back to bed they're not feeding a lot you yeah know? they're just going back they're does they're they may be around you and stuff like that mm-hmm. but you know usually you know like the seventh on i'm pretty much done hunting where like my food plots and stuff like that yeah uh i'm going to travel routes uh pinch points funnels uh what we call hogbacks mm-hmm. be uh two ditches on the side of a kind of a narrow ridge yeah seems like them are really really good spots yep those kind of natural travel corridors for them yeah yeah, yeah. and and you can usually get a dominant wind usually it's going to go down one of those mm-hmm. you know draws yeah you know i've we've got one place that you may have a, a west wind when you walk in you get set up and it's maybe blowing south in there yeah you know just going right down that you know in the holler I'm glad you touched on that because the other evening wherever I went hunting, and I had a east wind, northeast wind, and so I knew where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And I went down there, and there's a block of timber, but it had a finger that went out to the south on the west side. And I thought, man, that's where I want to be at, you know, and followed that ditch. Well, wherever I got there and got into that, I did a wind check. Well, I noticed the wind was blowing north into the timber. Yeah. I thought, well, this ain't going to work, mm-hmm. you know, and so I'm only hunting 18 inches off the ground, you know, so. <laughs> and like you're blowing it over their head. <laughs> right, you know, so, and, that, and that's the thing, whenever, whenever, I mean, I like hunting off the ground. I don't like hunting out ground blinds. It constricts my view. I like being, I just like sitting in a little chair down up against a tree with the sun to my back, mm-hmm. especially of an evening's. You know, and I can see what's going on, but man, you got to play that wind right whenever yep. you're doing that. Well, I didn't move 50 yards, and the wind was back in my favor, but it was just in that one spot it was swirling. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I sat in there, I learned, yeah, it wasn't going to work. Yeah. I've, but I've, after I made that move, well, then later on that evening, I had a meat, you know, a young buck come through that I was, and I was hunting for meat that night, and mm-hmm. I was able to take him and. Yeah, I really your story. successful hunt. It. Yeah, you know, it was it was it's a good story. Pretty good hunt. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I'm I, on the board there, Nate. Yep. <laughs> one for Jeff. Yeah. One for Jeff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've got up in stands before, and that wind shifted, and I just got down and left. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're I'm, better off yeah. than yeah. than chancing it. Yeah, you, you know, know, maybe maybe you get him, but more likely you ruin every chance you got from there on. Yep. It's yeah, like I, I hunted a big deer one one year. And uh, I had him. I was giving him some wind, and he was just right, working right with me. And he got to 40 yards, and I thought, well, I can 
pro- probably shoot him. It was wide open. And if he'd have kept on coming, he wouldn't have got me. He turned out there. And, mm-hmm. man, you could tell as soon as he hit it. it poof, yep. You know? mm-hmm. It's like a wall. He just turned and walked straight back to the timber. Yep. You know? And that's an interesting thing, too. Like, you'll get a doe that'll come hit that scent, and she just loses her mind. Oh, yeah. Stomping and carrying on and blowing and blowing and going like, Jeff knows all too well. If you blow on the meat pole, you'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But those those bucks, it seems like, like what you're talking about with that one, if you can see them do that, a lot of times they'll just hit it, turn around, and go. And if, if you're in somewhere where you can't see past 50 yards, you may never know they're even, yeah. they yeah. were even there. That's, that happens a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of guys, they probably don't see 80% of the deer, right. you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as a big deer. Yeah. Because more than likely, I mean – 75%, maybe 90% of the time, he's going to have that wind. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he's, he's being it's just, smart about it's it. It's just trying to get in there and get that little jog. When he comes up through there, he's missing you. Yeah. You know? Yep. And it's just, that's why you got to scout and try to figure that out. Set back in your observation stand. Say that. I seen him come out yep. of that hinge mm-hmm. cut. He came down and he turned and mm-hmm. then he went. Just for a little ways, he may have went 50 yards, then he turned back into the wind. Yeah. And right there's where you're going to kill him. Yep, mm-hmm. there's your spot. Yep. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, you, you were just through that there. reminded me of something I was going to say earlier, that percentage-wise, you guys, you said you run 35-ish cameras. Yeah. What percent, it's kind of hard to say probably, but what percent of bucks do you think are on you that you know are there? Like, you think you probably know... 80, 90% of them. Uh, this is not counting like those random bucks that are going to move in and like, uh, during the my rut. summertime bucks. Yeah, like bucks like that. that are staying either on you or you're part of their home range. Yeah, I, I probably know 90% of them. Yeah. 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 Yeah, most of the time, but probably 90% of them. Then mm-hmm. they'll, they'll be, you know, like 10% come in, you know. Yeah. Uh, now that, that changes when it's, it's cold. Yeah, because we've got the food, and there's no telling what's going to show up. You yeah. know, we we may go from having a herd of forty to a herd of ninety plus. Right. You know? uh, there was one evening I was sitting in the bean field. We had seventy five head in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> if you got the food, we just pulled everything there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you got yeah. the food, that's where they're going to be. It is. You know, uh, knowing the knowing those deer though. Is going to help you, like what you were talking about, getting them to that five-and-a-half-year-old range. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can judge them on the hoof, but there are some deer out there that are just really big three-and-a-half-year-olds. Yeah. Maybe you think they're four-and-a-half, or there's some big four-and-a-half-year-olds that you're going to miss by a year. Yeah. I, I always tell people, you know, deer, they're, they're like people. There's there's going to be smaller-bodied mm-hmm. deer. There's going to be great big-bodied deer, you know, that's the three-and-a-half-year-old, 220-pound yeah. deer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a couple deer in the 180s that were once 160-pound deer. Yeah. You know, and I know they were six, seven-year-old deer just because yep. we had knowledge of them. Yeah. You know. And that's the best way, in my opinion, to age a deer is having that history with it. You you about have to. Yeah. I mean, because honestly, four and a half, I mean, we can kind of tell – once they reach five and a half, and boy, it's tough, like that, you know. And yeah. and I've I've sent you a picture of one the other day that's that third main beam. Mm-hmm. I still don't know yeah. the age on that deer. Right? Yeah, it's just. I mean, he's just he's got me really confused. Like there's parts of him that you think, okay, he's th- he's this age, and then yeah. you get to looking a little more. Well, maybe not. Yeah, you know? I mean, he's a uh, from the shoulders back. He's about like a racehorse. Yeah. 
you look at his head. He's got that. He looks like he may be a seven-year-old deer. Yeah, you know? exactly. Kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's really got me confused. I mean, I was talking to my uncle about him. I said, what are we going to do here, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, you're just going to have to get him around you and see and then decide. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's a six by six with like a 12, 13 inch third main beam. I mean, yeah. I haven't ever killed a third, inch, third main beam deer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I've killed some drop tine deer, but I've never killed one like that. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. He'd be I've only seen one in my lifetime. Really? Yeah. I am under my stand. I didn't realize what he was until he blew away from me. Hmm. And I thought, man, I should have took that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Coming in behind you there. We got a replenishment in here for Jeff. Yes. No, the that deer you're talking about would be, I mean, that's a hard deer to pass. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean, again, he's in an area where our big shooters are at. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And But then, uh, you know, at the same time, if you do, maybe if he is only four and a half, if he is only three and a half, gosh, there's no telling. I, I would really like to. My, for him to go by my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> That'd take care of it for you. Well, yeah, well, no, not necessarily. I mean, if he passes him, I'll pass him. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. he killed him. He killed Your dad him. will take care of him. Oh, yeah. He, <laughs> he's eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Oh. Yeah, dad wouldn't let that deer walk. No. You know. But, no, I mean, that's just, and, you know, and I, me and dad had this discussion here the other day. I mean, we totally hunt different. You know, I hunt the way I do, and he hunts the way he does. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. No. No. I mean, honestly, I mean. Yeah, you can I, work that to your advantage. Well, that's what I was getting ready to say. It sounds like I use my dad. <laughs> but he don't mind shooting yeah. those deer. Right. You know, I mean, you know, I'll tell dad, hey, well, the other day, you know, I said, man, it was like that one night. That's like, there's like 10, 11 different bucks on that scrape. Did you see any does? <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. No. <laughs> hey, that's, that, that's a useful tool, though, in management. You know, you mm-hmm. got to keep your doe population oh, yeah. checked we also. Do. Yeah. And if you got guys out there hunting your property and stuff that don't mind shooting does. Exactly. You know, well, man, use that to your advantage. That's like. You've got to. You, yeah, you, you can't help but not. No. And, you know, it's like I've always said, I don't, I get to hunt the first few weeks of October. You know, during the rut and stuff, I'm pretty well tied up helping Scott. Mm-hmm. Then I get back in the woods mid-December, whatever. Right. So my pressure in October is I'm wanting to fill my freezer. I'm mm-hmm. hunting for meat. Yeah. You know, and then after that, if I get me a meat deer, well, then I can kind of relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got food for the winter or whatever I want yeah. to do, and then I can kind of focus on okay, do I want to chase this buck, chase that buck, or, you know, see right. what's out there. Right. Yeah, and that's, and that's good, you know. I mean, we we have kind of have a quota of uh, we put four deer a year in the freezer, right? Yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and that's one way or another. I mean, if I have to break down and go shoot a couple does, one morning I did last year, I shot two does one morning just to get it out of the way and yep. put yep. them in the freezer. You yeah. Know. What are you guys uh, aiming for, and what do you, where do you think you're at as far as buck to doe? Uh... Right now, from, from what I'm seeing... And Ask your dad, he'll tell you. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, dad and him shot several deer the last couple of years. Our doe population, I mean, 
we're probably at 60 50 right now yeah you know yeah. Prob- probably so counting the yearlings carry the one <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't try to do math over there yeah no but that makes that makes hunting this time of year a lot easier too even yeah because those bucks are having to look for does a little more you know. I, was, I, was a, I went to Wing City, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, probably 60% break. bucks and yeah. 40% does. Uh, oh, yeah. no. Is that, is that better, I'll Jeff? buy that. I'll is that buy better? that. <laughs> <laughs> I was throwing them, them bonus bucks in there, too. <laughs> 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 yep. No, on, this year it actually looks pretty good. We got mm-hmm. a lot of young bucks on us this year. Uh, I think a lot of them came in and stayed. Now, the next year, well, some of them will probably leave, I'm sure. You right. Know. Right. But no, right now it's not too bad. I mean, they've taken uh last two years, fourteen, fifteen head of those off there probably. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. And you about gotta you about gotta do your count from before late season because everything comes in there after that. So I mean you're, Yeah, you're it's gotta, not deer that necessarily are on you right, most yeah, of the year. You know, I mean you got a ton of deer come in there. Yeah. times and that's another thing where cameras really come into play because you're maybe well like what you're talking about a lot of guys will be able to like in the late season if they're not pulling a bunch of different deer from everywhere else they're at least going to be seeing what's on their property so you can get out there and kind of get a pretty good idea of what you got where yeah. you're at you're pulling a lot of extra deer in late right. season so that's just another thing where cameras are really helping you figure your oh yeah buck to doe as well yeah and in, in late season a big deer i mean you can kill him if yeah. you get the weather. Yeah. I mean, you, I've killed a couple really good deer late season. And mm-hmm. just like clockwork, that was coming out, you know. I mean, you got to have the cold weather and stuff like that, and you got to have the food. But mm-hmm. Yeah, they're almost similar to, and not the same areas and not the same food, but it's a similar idea to, like, if we could hunt them in August because they're on that feeding pattern, and it's yeah. just pretty consistent. Most I mean, most of the time, you know. Yeah. Um, I've killed two one deer is in the high 170s and then one in the high 160s on October 1st. And mm-hmm. it was just pattern. I mean, they yeah. were doing the same thing. Yep. You know? Yeah, and you can do that in the late season too if you got the food. Yeah. You know, and yeah. well, you guys are obviously planting a lot of their food for the late season. Oh, yeah. Um, what are you guys using? I mean, what are you hunting over most of the time in that late season? And I know we talked about it before. The weather might make a little bit of difference as it, well. It does. Uh, if it's a warmer day, they're going to hit greens, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but if it gets cold, they're going to hit the corn. Yeah. You know, that's fuel for yep. them. Yeah. Uh, my opinion, the all-around best is beans, though. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you got early, you know, part of the season for them, and then when it gets the snow on and stuff, if, if we do get a snow, you yeah. know, I mean, they're, they're going to hit them. They're going to, we don't have many beans left usually, you know. Yeah. Uh, one plot, we got a five acre plot and, uh, let's see, two years ago it was corn. We didn't have any corn left. There's really? That, there's that much came in there. And then last year it was two thirds beans, third green, and, uh, we didn't have nothing left. Really just got rid of all of them, huh? ate all of it. Yeah, in the big pots. Now we got smaller pots and stuff too that they'll use. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it kind of kind of gets good because a lot of times they'll hit that bigger plot, and then you'll get one on camera on the small plot. Yeah, and yeah. and you you can usually kill. Well, them. that big plot becomes their destination food at that time because there's no ag left right. unless you got a big winter wheat field or something. It is, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, and, you, and you just you know go by your cameras and kill him going to it. Yeah. 
you know. Yep. Same idea as if you, you know, hunting in those around yeah. those ag fields. You know, like like last year in December, you know, we had four or five bucks that were, were pretty good deer and they were hour, hour and a half before dark they were coming out. Yeah. You know. And, you know, going back, you know, half hour before light, you know, or after light. Mm-hmm. So I mean yeah, they're they're pretty patternable. I mean, you know, if you can get the weather. A lot of times we don't get it though. Yeah, that's know? true. I mean, so like what kind of what we're going through right now. But that's some maybe hope for anyone who's struggling with this heat right now. Yeah. And it looks like that cold front's gonna hit right about lockdown, which mm-hmm. is not gonna be ideal. If you don't get it done before gun season and you still got them around, if you got the food, you know, don't give up on them too early. Yeah. You can kill deer in the late season. Right, exactly. Yeah. I I I always usually want to try to keep something for late season as far as a tag, you know, because mm-hmm. especially if I ain't on something early. You yeah. Know, I usually, don't usually have any problems with that. <laughs> <laughs> Works itself out. Yeah. We're, we're trying to push them your way a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But as uh, far as this year, as far as, like, I talked to you a little bit about how we hunt off the moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as uh, far as what that moon stuff showing this year, like the 14th on is really what's going to be where it's this hot. Yeah. You know. So that'll give us a few days before gun season mm-hmm. to get them with a bow maybe. Yeah. Boy, that moon's bright tonight, eh? Yeah. yeah I casted good. a shadow on my way out of the yeah. woods tonight. Like, yeah. holy cow. Yeah. So you hear, me and Nate talked about this a little bit. You hear all kinds of stuff about guys with differing opinions on the moon. And you were sending me like the... I don't even know what you'd call it. It's not the moon phase calendar, but basically the rising and falling of it and all it's, that. It's similar to that. It's just something we kind of came up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's when the moon's above and straight below. Mm-hmm. It's your gravity as far as pull on the earth. It mm-hmm. almost reacts to, well, it pulls your barometer. Mm-hmm. And basically it almost acts like a front coming yeah. in. They, they get up. Yeah. They do. I can about guarantee you, like looking at the cameras, I could look at that moon and be like, yeah, yeah, it was like nine to tens when they were going to move today. Yeah. You know? Yep. And we were talking about it too. If it's overhead, you know, in the daytime, that's generally pretty good. Seems to be. Oh, yeah. Well, when you drive around, you're like, what are them deer doing out at noon? Mm -hmm. If you really would have paid attention, that moon's probably up close somewhere up. You know? I mean, I I got a, a moon guide that I just. I ha- usually I just have like scribbles and everything from mm-hmm. it and everything, but uh, I'll uh, did I send you the one where mm-hmm. I had typed out and everything? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So what about uh, full moon and new moon? How's that? Uh, How do you think that plays into it, or does so, it? So your full moon, you're basically gonna have all night chasing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's it's a lot of all night chasing basically uh coming in early uh the best thing in the world to do is go hunt 10 to 2 yeah you know yeah i mean I've, i killed a really i don't know what he scored for sure he was high 160s probably mm-hmm. i killed him at one o'clock i killed a couple really good deer around one o'clock actually I have yeah too. yeah you know? that can be good this time of year when the yeah. temperature's right now like this moon deal here that i got on my phone i'll hunt that 10 to twos and stuff just from that based off of that that's when you're going to decide what days to do that on yes which is good to have because not everybody can just get out there and sit every day from 10 to 2 right you know so if you know what days you are going to be good and it it depends on you know weather fronts and stuff too yeah you know like 
what we go far as off the moon, I mean, it it's not like what we go by 100%. It's yeah. just another little Another trick. factor. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, yep. And it, it works. Yeah. It's not like if you got a cold front coming in that the moon's bad, you're not going to go. Right. Kind of thing. Exactly, but, yeah. yeah. It's just another little tool, like you said. Yep. Yep. That stuff's interesting to me because, like I said, you hear so many guys talk about it and they got different ideas on it. And yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys like Ben Rising. You know, he's big on the, the blood moon. Mm-hmm. You know, this is similar to that. I mean, they won't tell you exactly how they're doing that because they sell their app and stuff like that. Yeah, right. But I about guarantee it's something similar to that to where the moon's closest to the earth for the biggest gravity pull. And it's yeah. basically, it, it creates, uh, they just, the deer just want to get up. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a weather front moving in on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something in them tells them to get up and. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. like a few evenings this evening they moved pretty good and i figured they would i mean last night you know as far as i didn't say see a lot of deer moving you know through the night and george went this morning he had three or four bucks come by him you know and then this evening they moved really good looks moon guide yeah Mm -hmm. it was about when it was going to be you remember uh charlie alzheimer's don't you yeah or however you pronounce his last name Yeah. yeah You know, he is a biologist and had his own deer and herd and stuff that he studied all the time. And he is really big on the moon face. Yeah. You know, and, uh, of course, he's passed on, passed on now. But mm-hmm. if you go back and look up his material and read that and stuff, uh, that was one of his biggest things was uh, hunting during certain times of the moon. There, it, there is. Uh, I think your rut really gets into really full, full swing on your – first full moon in november mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. it's about every year that's know? when it really gets them up and start moving and that's coming up pretty, pretty shortly it is yeah and like on that moon guide there you know there's from the 14th on morning and evenings just i think there's like seven days in there where it just should be like all day yeah i mean they should just be running hard that'll be good because it'll be in line with that weather too yeah. like i think it's the 11th maybe is the date I was looking at. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next, the 11th would be the date. Next Friday. Yeah. It's supposed to be the first cold morning. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday, low of like 36, high of 50-something maybe. So yeah. that'll be welcomed. Yeah. Um, and I if mean, you combine that with what you're talking you about. I mean, you I mean, you can kill big deer on hot days yeah. too. But, yeah. you know, the biggest deer I ever killed was, I think it was 80-some degrees. Mm-hmm. You know, it's November 7th. Yeah. I think I've killed two two boons on November 7th. Well, that's the thing. They're still going to be doing it. It's just a matter of if you can catch them when they're doing it in the daytime. You, you've got to get in there close to where they're bedding, and basically yep. you got to get in between two bedding areas mm-hmm. where he's going to – and you got to catch him without a doe. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of factors right. to it. Yep. You know. I mean, and luck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's – Which there's, goes into a lot of that. There is. But, you know, you know you, it's like a lot of other things. You kind of make your own luck. Yeah, well, you know, that's like, you know, like what I just said, I've been talking about hinge cutting a lot. You know, you're making your luck by creating this bedding area here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creating it over here, getting him to come, you know, using your mock scrapes mm-hmm. up through there. You know, yeah, you're you're creating a kill zone for him. Yeah, you know, yeah, you can get lucky, but you still got to do everything right to get yourself put in that situation yeah. to be lucky enough you to know, have him come by. Yeah, my, my luck is is for him not to win me yeah. before he gets to me. Right. You know. Right. Or something. You You've know. done everything to get yourself in that spot. It's just now you gotta get lucky that he doesn't catch you. Right. Get your win. Yep. 
Yep. And make the shot when he gets there. Yeah, yeah, that's a big <laughs> one too. <laughs> I had a deer that uh oh, it's been several years ago. This deer was two hundred and thirty some inches probably. Everything went right on him. Mm-hmm. I didn't get him. Except the shot. <laughs> Except the shot. Yeah. That'd be really easy to do on a deer like that. And my arrow slapped him and the deer ran toward dad. And I like called dad just for his text, you know, and stuff. I was like, Dad, I just shot that giant deer up here. And he's like, I heard him crash. I was like, up there in the stand, like, <laughs> I just killed him, you know. Uh-huh. I get down, and my arrow's sticking straight up. And I thought, well, I just went through him, kicked up, went over there, nothing on it. And I don't know if I hit something mm-hmm. before it hit him, and the arrow just hit him sideways. But it honestly, it looked like it <laughs> just smacked him. I up. was dreaming that it went right through him, you know. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I never did. Got his sheds, that's about it, you know. Yeah, I'll be darned. Something, yeah. That I man, shed, getting finding these sheds is something. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, ain't the ultimate goal, but at least it well, at least somewhere. at that point too, you know, he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, he's dead now. I'm sure. But, well, right. Yeah, yeah. but Oop. he's he's got a son out there. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You were showing uh, that picture of deer you'd had that had been shot, mm-hmm. and I think you'd sent that to me. And I was telling you there was a time uh, a couple years ago now, back behind Jeff's, where I'd done that to a deer and shot him in that spot where it looks pretty good but there's just nothing there right. like up above the lungs mm-hmm. uh, you're not you're not hitting the spine or anything right. it's not quite in that area but like as soon as i got up and saw the arrow and started trailing the blood like i i was pretty sure he was still alive yeah. ended up getting pictures of him a month later or yeah. something like that yeah usually when you find that arrow and there's fat on it mm-hmm. it's like oh and what gets a lot of people i think and i was the same way one of the deer that i'd shot and i hit him low and again didn't hit anything but bright red blood that muscle blood in there is really bright red and it gets you thinking man i must heart shot him Mm -hmm. when really it's just a little bit different color you know and they can pour a lot of blood on a on a muscle shot too yeah yeah, they can but it eventually dries up yeah you know back i used to have a tracking dog and uh the year that basically the rages and everything came out, mm-hmm. I mean, you track and track and track on a deer that you wasn't going to find most yeah. of the time just because it's such a, a big cut. Yeah. You just kept bleeding, kept bleeding, you know. But, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the thing there. You just, man, this deer's got to be out of blood. Yeah, you know? right. But, you know. If you didn't hit anything, uh, you still didn't I hit mean, anything. You've seen that picture on that deer there. I mean, yeah. he, he had a two-inch cut. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah, he probably did bleed. Well, I think if you look in that picture, you can see dried blood still all down each side yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm sure, like you said, they thought they killed that deer. Oh, I'm sure. No doubt about it. I'm sure I'm sure they think he's dead somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, he's a nice deer, too. Yeah, yeah, you pretty know. good deer. Solid deer. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of those things where, you know, even if you're shooting a two-inch broadhead, yeah. you still got to hit something important. Yeah. Maybe, I always, well, we talked about it, Several times, I'm sure, but I shoot the fixed blades. I know Nate shoots the mechanicals, um, G5s. Mm-hmm. I feel like the expandables give you more room for error back, and the mechanicals give you more room for error forwards. Yeah. They just let a little bit more knockdown power, I guess, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But then once you get back, you got a better chance 
with that bigger cut of maybe catching an artery or something. You do, and, and but, it's more hemorrhaging, like your gut yeah. shots. As far as deer, I've seen, like, shot with their ages that were gut shots. Yeah, I mean, usually within 100 yards, they ain't pushed, they're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. except the deer I shot last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how in the world that thing lived like he did, but he did. Yeah. Two days, you know, and I actually hit the last rib on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing. I don't know how he... How he lived long as he did. Yeah, there's crazy tough. And animals. I couldn't, do, I couldn't do nothing with. It. I couldn't get to him. I tried once. Yeah. And he just got up and moved, and he was in an area we could find him. I just had to back out. Yep. You know, and <laughs> coyotes Which, ate him. That's what was bad. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that really sucks when you know too, like you know he should be dead or he's going to be dead. Oh yeah, I mean, that, but you that, can't do anything about it. Right. I mean, I shot him that morning, that evening. I went in, and uh, I slipped up on him. And uh, he got up and in thick stuff. He wasn't moving very good, mm-hmm. and he laid back down. And I couldn't do nothing with him. The next morning, I slipped back in there and walked down a creek, and slipped back up through there. And I was I was there for forty five minutes, and I finally I seen him raise his head and turn his head, and I was like, "Gosh dang, I can't believe he's still alive," mm-hmm. you know. And I had to go back to work. And George is like, "He's in there," you know. I mean. Let's just leave him that way. If he would have went north or or if he would have went west, he could have been anywhere once mm-hmm. he got out of that. But that there, you know, it was 30-some acres, and it was basically just a long, narrow patch. Yeah. So we knew we was going to probably find him in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people think, oh, man, that's terrible. How could you make a shot like that? And if you've never done that to a deer, you haven't been hunting very long. Right. You haven't shot many deer. Right. Because I think probably everybody in this room has done it. Oh, yeah. Uh, whether it's. Hit them bad and not found them. Hit them bad and found them late. Or even just straight up missing them. Yeah. You know, you can do everything you think is right. Oh, yeah. And it happens, you know. I killed a, a big deer. Oh, it's been eight, nine years ago with, with a bow. And I guarantee you could not have put your finger on a better spot to mm-hmm. shoot that deer. And that deer went almost a mile. Mm-hmm. We was pushing him, but I knew where I hit him. Right. And like he should be dead I, right I, around the next. I, ended, I yeah. ended up finishing him off in the river. Yeah. Yeah. And it was against the shoulder and about four or five inches up from. Right where you want to hit him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It's, but, yeah, he went that far. Yeah. <laughs> well, that reminds me of one year me and Scott went hunting. Canyon was with us. And we went down to the bottoms hunting. Scott had a big old doe come out. He shot her. You know, she took off. We all got together, and he told me, he said, I heart shot that doe. And, my God, Scott, how far did we track that thing? A long way. We tracked her a long way. Yeah. And, I, actually, we I was about to give up. We couldn't find no blood nowhere. Yeah. And, finally, I made one more pass, and I seen a spot of blood about the size of a pinhead on the side of a ditch because, like, if she... Went where he said that she did. She had to cross this ditch. So I kept looking at the ditch, and I finally found one. Well, then after I crossed the ditch, well, then the blood started getting a little bit better, a mm-hmm. little bit better. And we still tracked her a good 100 yards. And when we field dressed her, he would sent her, punched her right through the heart. Yeah. How she went that far for that long, I have no idea, and not bled like she did. Yeah. This I had but, to get a dog to find this one. Yeah. You know, I mean, if it wouldn't have been for the dog, I wouldn't have found him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he went down the river and back up the river. 
you know, crazy. Crossed the river twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Nate, you shot crazy. a pretty good buck. Was it two, three years ago now? <clears throat> 19. Yeah. yeah. Just hit uh, him. Well, you can tell that story. I don't know if we, we've even talked about it on here before. I, we have? I hit him in the brisket and the legs. I shot low um, November 5th, 2019. Um I watched him breed a doe twice that morning, uh, and he was keeping, like, three other little bucks away. Uh, but he was a big, nice buck. He was uh, – I think he would have went 150. Um, he's a, he was a 10, but his force was a little bitty. I mean, just pretty much not even there. Mm-hmm. Um, and just a tank of a deer. Um, and I thought he was going to come on a path that was, like, 26 yards, and I was going to have to shoot around the tree to get him last second. Um, and it's real steep there, real steep uh, terrain. Um, the last second they turned and that doe came right underneath me and he's just kind of paralleling her off the side, you know, um, and he's like seven yards and that stands really tall. Um, and I'm like 24, 25 feet to the platform in that tree because that's where the cover is. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, it was like straight down and I thought, ah, I mean, this is my shot right here, you know, uh, cause he's going to get under me and then I was just going to be shooting at him, you know, going away from me and ain't. There wasn't nothing there, you know. Yeah. I thought this is my shot right here, and the sun was in his eyes. He couldn't see me draw or nothing. So I got pulled back, and I shot, and I hit him in the brisket and the back of the front leg and then, like, in the knee on mm-hmm. the other side, you know. I just shot low. Uh, man, he just fell on his face and bulldozed, I don't know, 40 or 50 yards. I thought, oh, man, I smoked him. And then he gets that one leg up underneath him, and the other one's just flopping, you know. And he's standing out there, and I thought, oh, no, that ain't good. Um, and then he was hurt bad. Um, I know I I know I busted the offside leg. I hit it in the knee or something, you know. Um, and I cut that one uh, on my side real bad. I mean, it hit him hard. Uh, but I never got in the cavity. Um, and he was moving real slow. And he went down this hill. And then he crossed the creek. He spent a bunch of time in that creek trying to figure out how he's going to get out of it. You know, there's a bunch of blood down there. Um, he wasn't bleeding much, but he spent a lot of time down there. Mm-hmm. As soon as he got up, he got in a thick spot, and he messed around in there for quite a while. And that was in the morning. We went in, I don't know, 3 o'clock that afternoon. I didn't think I was going to find him, you know. I I knew what I thought it looked like, you know. We started looking for him, and we were pushing him because um, mm-hmm. we was easing through there, finding little bits of blood. Uh, and you could hear something up ahead of us in the dark, you know, once it got dark. We was pushing him. Probably could have caught him, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, probably could have caught him. Mm-hmm. I wish I would have tried to get a dog. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what that would have been like because I didn't hit nothing important, mm-hmm. you know. I just broke him down. I didn't hit nothing important. Yeah. But at this point, uh, and, of course, we lost blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know, 300 yards, we lost blood. But at this point, I kind of wish we would have tried yeah. something. But that's, but I didn't hit nothing good. Right. Last year, that's what I kicked myself in the butt because if I'd have got a dog, I'd have got that. I'd have been able to get that deer because I'm sure the dog would have, you know, got up to bay him. Mm-hmm. Probably could have walked in and she actually shot him. Yeah, you know. But I don't know why I didn't even really I didn't really know of a dog, you know. But this year I know a guy that's got one. Yeah. So <laughs> we had dogs like that back in the day when we scaled hunting. Didn't yeah, we? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guarantee we put put one of them on it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wouldn't even have a shot at when we got there. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> yeah. That's you know you're talking about that little seven yard shot. You, it would be easy to think that the closer they are, the easier the shot is. But oh. especially when you're up in the tree like that, mm-hmm. yeah. you can get them out there at twenty yards. That's a lot better shot 
for hitting stuff important than yep. that yeah. seven ten yard shot because just the hard angle of it. Yeah, yep. yeah. I mean, your kill zone goes way down. Mm-hmm. You know? Like I mean, you're now you're shooting at maybe if you don't hit them in the heart, mm-hmm. one lung and maybe the liver. Yeah, maybe one lung. Yeah, you know, yep. yeah, I mean, and yeah, those yeah. one lung hits, you know, it's going to kill them. But man, they can go for a long ways. I read an article on one guy. He said he specifically would try to aim at their diaphragm in a situation like that just so they can't move air, you mm-hmm. know. But doggone, that's just the size of a piece of paper. Yeah. You know? right. how, in the, how in the world do you know where that's at? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I aim for the middle of their lungs and that's usually where I try. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. one thing I like about sitting 18 inches off the ground. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I got a big kill area. If I can shoot anywhere between behind the shoulder and – that last rib, they're mine. Yeah. I mean, you can't. So, mm-hmm. what do you guys think on far as, like, I mean, we're talking about shot placement. I've shot several deer low, and you saw some of them, you know, it's went 40 yards, but a lot of them will go that 100, 120 yards, and I've shot them a little bit high. I'm still catching them, you know, both lungs, mm-hmm. and they go 30, 40, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. It seems like a little bit of a higher lung hit. It seems like they expire pretty quick. I think they can go a lot. Well, they go a lot farther on adrenaline and whatever blood's left pumping through them than they do without air. Mm-hmm. You know, if you take their air away from them, they just ain't yeah. going very far. Yeah, it's kind of like someone getting choked out. It's pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you hit them in the heart, then there's all that blood that's in them has still got to fall out of there. Yeah. Uh, it's not like where if you hit them in an artery, their heart's still pumping, and it's just shooting all that blood out of there right. as fast as possible. Then they're dying in 50 yards. Yeah. But if you hit them in the heart and stop that, then they've got a long way they can – go on whatever's left but like you said you hit them in the lungs at least that's what i've seen talking about artery i shot one on film several years ago i rattled him in to a decoy and i shot him off the ground about i don't know he he may have been six yards but i shot him right right in the chest and on film you could watch him run out there and he's about 200 yards and he turns and on film it looks like my arrows hanging out of his chest and then all of a sudden it just push push and then he just boom yeah down, you know? just pumping it out yeah, huh? you know yeah but yeah that was that was a pretty neat uh, video there mm-hmm. i mean he came across the big field just posturing all the way and he shrunk about 20 inches or so when i got there <laughs> but, uh, yeah <laughs> he, he looked like a giant when i shot him he oh yeah nice deer but not near what you thought he was no hey that happens a lot too especially yeah. if they're you know, postured up, they look great big, you know. I've shot, I've shot two bucks that I thought were a lot bigger, and that's part of it when you're decoying. Mm-hmm. There's a real good chance you'll shoot a lot less deer. Yeah. Because it's just all that adrenaline and everything, mm-hmm. and them coming in. And they look like a three-year-old, and they turn so shaggy, they look like they're eight, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Their hair's all poofed out <laughs> on them and everything. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it like back on the decoying, it, it's – it's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So where are you going to be at, like, over the next week or so, when you're in, if you're getting, you're getting in a stand? Well, far as, like, us, I mean, we don't hunt any farther than, like, 50 yards in the woods. Mm-hmm. We don't hardly ever get any very deep at all. So we're going to be hunting mainly scrape lines, funnels, mm-hmm. uh, pinch points, any anything that, I can get to where I can keep a deer from getting downwind of me. Uh, one of the best places I got, there's a lake there. Mm-hmm. 
and it it's got a cove in it and it funnels down to like 40 yards wide yeah and it's a place to kill big deer mm-hmm. yeah so inside corners is a good place to be too yes Mm-hmm. I've I've got one one stand that's uh, thirty yards off an inside corner, and uh, it's probably one of my best rut mm-hmm. spots. Yep. Even even you know, it, far as setting back and watching this spot over the last few years, even if the deer comes across the open field, he'll come in usually within that corner. You mm-hmm. know, usually within thirty forty yards of it a lot of times, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> that's one of my better spots. You know. I mean, we, we call it the L, mm-hmm. you know, it's a pretty good spot. Yep. Yeah, those seem to be the places to be this time of year, mm-hmm. those funnels and everything. You hear guys talk about it all the time. It yeah. almost becomes cliche, but there's a reason. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it works. Yeah, we'll, we'll hunt. Uh, we'll try to get in some uh, ditch crossings, you know, creek crossings, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's usually pretty good. <clears throat> but usually try to get in between bedding, you know. Yeah, I mean, because them bucks are going to be up looking for does. Mm-hmm. They're going to go from bedding spot to bedding spot. Uh, food plots, yeah, they can work good, but most of the time, if you watch a buck, he'll come out, watch. If you don't see much, he's going to leave. And well, the other night, that buck I told you that I thought was a really nice deer coming in, he sent checked that whole field just by the edge. He stayed in the brush. Without ever coming in. I was going to say, a lot of times they'll uh, go downwind yep. in your food plot and scent check them yeah, and move that's on. Yeah, he did. I mean, he was he was a really nice deer too. Yeah, yeah. That's what he did. He stayed. I seen him come out. He went back in. And I think I messaged you. I could see him going yep. through the timber. He's going downwind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they got that figured out too. They know the most yeah. efficient way to find those. Yeah, your bigger deer. Those dude. does. You know, yeah. they're no hurry. They're like you said. They're not. They're not out there chasing because. Right. Well, a lot of times I think those younger bucks that are chasing don't know what they're running after. Uh, you know, the like, the big bucks know what they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, why run down there and get one when you can walk down there and maybe get them all? The old bull. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. I was yeah. censoring that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That seems like about as good a place as any to to shut it down for the night. Dusty, thanks for coming on again. Yeah. We'll have to Thank have you, you back. I'm sure we will as long as you come back. We ain't run you off yet. So. Yet. <laughs> You've been around these guys for a long time, so. I don't think there's anything yeah. that me or Nate's going to say that's going to oh, offend wow. you too much. <laughs> no. 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 pretty much grew up in this shop right now. <laughs> yeah. In this building, yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. who'd ever thought that many years ago you'd be recording a podcast in the back of it? Right. But, right. No, like I said, that's going to do it for this week. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll catch you guys again on the next episode. Don't know a exactly what we got coming up we had a guest that was supposed to be on before maybe try to get him back on but again dusty thanks for coming on man yep anytime